0: Hey everyone, welcome to Share Your Sparkle. I'm your host, Dr. Darlene Berrios, and this is episode 24, Miracles. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your time with me. This episode is going to be dedicated to uh, my great uncle, who passed away two days ago. And while I probably had maybe five interactions with him in my entire life. I think it's important to recognize um, this individual for a few reasons. I think the most interaction I've had with him actually was has been in the past, I would say three to four months. So Pedro Garcia is my grandmother's brother. He is the son of my great-grandmother. And if you tuned into my podcast on ancestors, that's the ancestor that I feel has been most present, I think, in my life in the past year in terms of like me feeling some sort of ancestral presence. Um, So that was her son that just passed away and he was a radio uh host in Connecticut for decades for the Spanish radio and started out when I believe at the time the um Spanish Spanish section of the um radio was given only like a half hour a day and eventually it grew but um in the fall, he came to my mom's house, and um, with another aunt of mine, and we sat down and talked. Um, and he was explaining how, when he first started out in the radio, all he did was like read names. I can't remember exactly why. Maybe he was reading names of the people who were calling in. Um, and then he learned from the in- the other individual who was kind of like hosting the show. Um, and I think the best way he described it or how he described it was that the teacher became better than the student. And then he started running the program. And like I said, at the time, it was probably just like 30 minutes long. And he was in the industry for decades, I'm saying maybe, maybe even four decades, I could be wrong. But one of the things that came out of that conversation when we were talking was that he seemed to have all these stories that he wanted to share. And when we were sitting at the table, I said, I would be honored to write your story. You know, I could meet with you and interview you I have some time on my hands. It would take time. um, But I would be honored to put all these stories in a book if that's what you'd like to do. And like I said, I've probably had five interactions with my great uncle in my whole life. And when he left, he hugged me And that was really weird because I don't think he usually hugs people. (laughs) Um, But then most recently he just became ill and there were other complications and passed a few days ago. So this episode is for Pedro Garcia, a beloved Spanish radio host in Connecticut. May you rest in peace. Miracles. What the hell are they? (laughs) I didn't know what to talk about today. But the word that came to mind was miracles. So I will read from the sacred. Yes, because you know, I love that book. So here's what Reverend Deborah L. Johnson has to say. And remember, this book was written by her. Um, Getting messages from the divine and I invite you to you know think about the divine of your understanding if that helps so miracles what is a miracle my child a miracle is where your deep intent meets my inexhaustible supply notice in this formula who is responsible for what you provide the intent and I provide the supply I am saying that you provide the intent, which you often confuse with desire. When you merely desire something, there is a longing, and the persistence of this longing often leads you to believe that the thing you desire is unattainable. Intent, however, is the determination beyond all reason and understanding for your desire to manifest. No is simply not an option. The trouble here is that you think that the responsibility is on your shoulders to make everything happen. When you are not able to identify the means by which your intent can be brought to fruition, you tend to give up, to desire less, to begin to prepare for less. You are often told you should surrender, and you confuse this with relinquishing your intent. However, the point of surrender is for you to let go of your fears and expectations concerning the means by which your intent. Will be made manifest. When you fail to see the how, you stop envisioning the what. Remember that the what that you envision is oftentimes tied to what you perceive as possible, which is always less than the truth. Therefore, the purpose of your vision is merely for increasing your possibility consciousness. This is one of the spiritual paradoxes. Your desires conjure up an image in your head to a certain extent. Holding on to this image will enable you to weather the storms when all seems forlorn. However, you must not become fixated on your visions. For the way to have them manifest requires steps and processes, processes that you cannot imagine. I'm going to pause right here. I want you to think about all the times in your life when something happened And you couldn't have imagined it happening that way. But yet it did. You didn't know what choices led you to that point in time, to that place, to that person, to that job, to that situation. But it did. For the way to have them manifest requires steps and processes That you cannot imagine. This is where the partnership between the two of us comes into play. I know all, see all, am all. Nothing is beyond my purview or my ken. Your challenge is to learn how to leave the logistics up to me. When you try to micromanage me, you give me orders that are restrictive. (laughs) I think I read this before and I'm laughing because... We think we have life planned out and our plan is the best thing ever. You're like, this is how it should be. But imagine like what this text is saying that sometimes those plans restrict much more or the possibility of much more that can come your way. And why would we want to do that? right? Why would we want to do that? I cannot be confined to your constraints and restraints. If your desire seems too much to conceive of, then it never evolves into an intent and merely remains a burning in your heart that gnaws at you. When you cannot fathom the unfoldment, you categorize it as a miracle. That's interesting. And It goes on. This categorization is yours, not mine. In my world, There are no miracles. There are only the places where your deepest intent meets my inexhaustible supply. I'm going to read that one more time. This categorization is yours, not mine. In my world, there are no miracles. There are only the places where your deepest intent meets my inexhaustible supply inexhaustible. It goes on forever and ever. It's infinite. It never stops. The supply is always there, willing and ready to supply whatever it is. Inexhaustible. That's pretty amazing. Phenomena that you cannot explain, right? Serendipity that boggles your mind oh, I can't believe I met this person at this time, or I can't believe that this happened and this person called me and it led to this. These are me adding (laughs) different situations that might have happened. Dramatic shifts in consciousness and circumstances that are quote-unquote too good to be true are all parts of the ways I ordinarily operate. You tend to deny the invisible, and ignore the intangible. However, as pure spirit, this is my domain. If you limit your expectations to the physical matter and logical analysis that are apparent to you, then where am I in your equation? In me, there is no time and space. The process of unfoldment is yours, not mine. In this process, you are developing your capacity to receive and are moving from a position of no to yes. You say, but I have been saying yes. This is quite often the case. However, your doubts, anxieties, and fears energetically carry the message of no, which neutralizes your yes. This is what you oftentimes feel when you seem to be at a standstill. You put some water in the bucket, and in your gyrations to fill it up to the top by yourself, you inadvertently spill what is already inside. Listen to this. I withhold nothing from you. All that I have is yours for the asking. Ask and you shall receive. You should study the word ask, however. Through your English translations of scripture, you have come to understand it to mean making a passive request. However, if you study the Hebrew and Greek derivatives of the word that most likely was used, you will clearly see that the word interpreted as quote-unquote ask is not passive at all. It is not even what you might assume. This asking is the declaration of a deep intent with the understanding that faith in alignment with spiritual truth will automatically bring the intent into manifestation. I'm going to read that one more time. It is not even what you might assume. This asking is the declaration of a deep intent with the understanding that faith in alignment with spiritual truth will automatically bring the intent into manifestation. I feel like I could take those sentences and like write a book just on that. (laughs) This asking is the declaration of a deep intent with the understanding that faith in alignment with spiritual truth will automatically bring the intent into manifestation. Wow, people, we should probably read that sentence like every day, a few times a day. (sighs) Remember, it says, ask and you shall receive. You want to hold me accountable for what you perceive as my part of this exchange, the giving or providing, but where is the accountability on your part? Where is your deep intent in alignment with your understanding of my omni omnipotence? When you can con when you can conceive who I am as well as what you want, voila, as you would say so-called miracles happen when your deep deepest intent meets my inexhaustible supply there it is again inexhaustible supply it is good that you remain in awe of this process for it keeps your humility intact i'm not a genie that you wooed you up to do your bidding i'm not i do not always bring you what you think you want but i do always bring you your deepest heart's desire Many times the manifestation of this does not coincide with your expectations, yet you are learning over time that your so-called trials and tribulations are the training ground for building your capacity to receive more and to to be more of yourself in spirit. Almost done, people. Do not be afraid to be daring in your intent. Stake your claim on life with a boldness that says that you are a major player in the universe who must be reckoned with. Hold your head high. Walk in the world with a majesty that reflects your divine lineage. Know that I am you and you are me and we together are one. If you do this, then quote unquote miracles will be an everyday occurrence in your life. It is good that you look for miracles. Seek and you shall find. What are you looking for? Your search says more about your intent than your words ever will. If you are not looking for miracles, for the place where we partner together, then exactly what are you looking for? You're always looking for something. The Sacred Yes, Letters from the Infinite, as revealed to Reverend Deborah L. Johnson. So I was thinking about, like, what stories I should talk about, um... And I I do like this other quote by uh, Mark Twain. It's like, um, I think it was was on a birthday card that I gave my sister. (laughs) There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. And the other is as though everything is a miracle. And you're like, well, how special is that? If everything is a miracle, then how special is that? I don't know. You pick. You pick how you want to live your life. But even just looking at the snow this morning, I thought about how that whole process happens. You know, these ice crystals have to form about around like dust or debris, particles in clouds, this has to be a certain temperature, and then they become heavy enough and fall to the ground and make this pile of precipitation that we call snow and all The snowflakes are different. What? Just that right there. Think about every snowflake that's fallen in the history of the world as we know it. And they're different. I mean, they all have a shape or they've categorized them into different shapes that they can be. But they're not identical. And then it made me think about us as human beings, how there is no one like you ever now or ever will be, and how we came about, like the fact that one egg met one sperm, and the genes and chromosomes developed into trillions of cells that make up our skin, our organs, our nervous system, our brain, just that itself, like we, and how we develop our miracles. And there can never be anybody else like us. Like the combination of us is just us. That's it. And even if you're an identical twin, this is really interesting. If you've ever known identical twins, I mean, they look very similar. But environmental factors might impact their body and make them different. I mean, they are different individuals, but make them either look different or have... um, they have different experiences in life you know so snow us and our whole existence and just the fact that we're on this planet which is just far away enough from the sun where it's not too hot not too cold where we have oxygen and water (laughs) you know i think they called it like I, w- I once heard this, the Goldilocks planet. I could be wrong, but it's like just right, like where we are in the universe for us to even live. So, miracles, you know, how are we paying attention to the things around us and just looking at even ourselves in the mirror and saying, you're a miracle? Like, you're literally a miracle one of you ever, 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 ever to ever exist, ever. Um, And then I'm thinking about situations that have happened and not so much maybe to me. I want to share one. This one story came to mind about um, four years ago. And this is maybe that person might have thought like I was a miracle. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a like egotistical way. I think the way things played out, I will probably never see this person again. But I went for a run. And if you know me, in the summertime, I don't run in the middle of the day because I had a horrible experience, like maybe like 15 years ago where, and it had nothing to do with the heat. Like I was fine running in like 99 degree temperatures with like the humidity was, that was out of control. But what happened was, and I'm digressing here, was that I had a sip of like mango juice and I didn't know I was allergic because no one's allergic to anything in my family, and I felt like I was going to (laughs) die. I actually, like, had to, um, I ended up in the emergency room. I'm fine, but I mean, like, I went into, like, anaphylaxis shock, because my body, in combination with the heat, um, like, made me all red and itchy and i couldn't breathe people so i ended up in the hospital but since then i feel like my body has like conditioned taste aversion even though it's not a taste conditioned aversion to heat and it's gotten better but so i that's why i don't run in the middle of the afternoon on like a july day but for some reason three or four years ago, I did. And I'm running my usual route. And for those of you who know me, um, some people say I'm a little crazy. (laughs) Or because I do things all the time. I have a a running route that I use. And here I am running my running route. And I see a woman and she looked she's older, I'm going to say like she was in her 60s. And I run past her. And something told me, remember that something told me, that holy Wi-Fi, to go back and ask her if she was okay. And I was like, oh, I do not, I do not, I do not like stopping in my run. And I I, I kept running. I actually kept running. And I stopped and I ran through campus. So I don't usually run through campus. I messed up my running route because I'm like, let me get in my car And find this woman because something was telling me go back and check on her. And I was so mad as I'm running, I'm like back to my house to get my car. I'm so mad because I'm like, it's interfering with my running route. (laughs) You know what I want to do. I get my car. I'm I'm trying to go down the streets where I think she might be. And I found I found her. And I said, you know, are you okay? Do you need help? And She seemed very flustered, and she had a a very thick Spanish accent. So, you know, I said, "Um, I understand Spanish. Um, Si si quiere, quiere hablar en español, it's okay. So she's like, I'm lost, and I left church, and I don't have my phone on me, and my family's worried, and I'm like, okay, let me help you. I'm like, where do you live? She's like, I don't remember. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. I'm like, well, where did you come from? Like, tell me what direction you walked from. And she's like, well, down there. And I'm like, okay, so if you, it's fine. Like, I didn't know if she felt comfortable getting in my car. I wasn't even scared, like, of this person doing anything to me in terms of, like, hurting me. So I could have totally, you know, um, asked her to come in my car. But at first I was like, well, do you want to walk back where you came from? And then ask the police. The police can help you. And then at that point she became even, like, more scared of me mentioning the police. And again, like, I don't, I don't think this woman was a criminal. (laughs) But as you know, um, people, and specifically people of color have different experiences with law enforcement. So she was like, No, 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 I don't want to go to the police. And I said, Okay, I'm like, Do you want to get in my car? And I can help you find Your house. And she's like, Oh my God, thank you. So she gets in. And then I'm asking her, Where do you live? What's around you? And she's like, Well, there's, I think she said the water company. And I'm like, Okay, I think I know. I'm going to go towards the water company. When we get there, I'm like, Where else? What else is close to you? And eventually, I don't know how long it took us, but we got to her house. Like, I was able with what she could give me. And what she could remember finding where she where she lived. Um, and it had been, I'm guessing, like I said, it was the middle of the day. And she said she left church in the morning when you go to church, like mass daily mass, typically like around seven or eight. So I don't know how long she had been lost. And I dropped her off and she was like, thank you so much. My husband's going to be really worried because I have and on the way there. She told me I have early um, onset Alzheimer's. And so I know he's going to be mad that I forgot my phone or I forgot where I was. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm glad we found your place. Here you are. And I dropped her off. And here we go. Like, I don't, I'll never see her again. But maybe that was just like an everyday miracle because I actually helped someone find their way home I don't know, something to think about I think we think about how we want miracles to happen to us but that we can be miracles to other people just by our choices and by what we do so pay attention keep a lookout for things You have a choice. You can live as though nothing is a miracle or as though everything is a miracle. Until next time, accept your sparkle, surrender to it, and allow it to be so. Keep shining!